Welcome to yet another episode of The Wonderland, episode 92 in fact. I'm Jeff Healy, Australian singer, songwriter, piano entertainer, comedian, amateur barista and host of this here bi-weekly podcast. And as has been observed by many of the critics, this is the bi-weekly podcast that refuses to lie down and die. Just like me, I also refuse to lie down and die. Well, that's half true. I refuse to die, at least for the time being, but I absolutely do not refuse to lie down because that's one of my favourite things. And to be quite honest, it is the position in which I look my best. Please see episode two of The Wonderland for details. But they do say that the simplest things in life are often the most pleasurable, and lying down might be right at the top of the list of the simplest things that I really enjoy. But like so many pleasurable things, it can become a little tedious if overdone. Coincidentally, of course, there will be a fair few of you who are lying down right now listening to this podcast episode. And to those of you who are in the supine position, I say good for you. Stretch out and enjoy and celebrate your horizontal state. Because pretty soon, you're going to have to get up and probably do a whole lot of things that you'd really rather not do. And that's an interesting fact, really, because when you think about it, there are very few truly productive things that you can do while you're lying down. Except the really obvious one. And we're not going there, just in case there are kiddies listening. And God knows they should never have any idea as to where they came from or how they got here. But at the risk of explicitly explaining what I'm talking about, being horizontal is, of course, ironically, one of the most potentially productive positions one can be in, if you get my meaning, which I think most of you will. And if you don't, then you're not meant to, apparently. So... Let's just leave that one there, shall we? Seriously though, folks, and I know I've touched on this before, censorship is, in my opinion, a truly idiotic concept. Because all it does is to make whatever has been banned or prohibited or censored more attractive to the average person, because human nature is such that we are far more interested in what we are not allowed to have, see, listen to, or do, than we are in many of the things that are freely and easily available to us. Hmm. Anyway, we're not living in a perfect world, and we never will be. And as I do like to say from time to time, at least that keeps things interesting. But more than that, it gives us something to strive for, doesn't it? I think it also keeps us from being complacent about just accepting the status quo and the way things are when we know that things could and should be better. You know, not perfect, just better. I also believe that the best thing about social media and the internet is its power for cutting through bullshit. Potential power, that is. And I say potential because, unfortunately, it can also be used for creating and perpetuating bullshit. Anyway, on a somewhat related note, ladies and gents, boys and girls, we are now going to put on our big girl pants and stride confidently into the first regular segment of today's show. Yes, it's 
Theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm gonna tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to Theory Time. Yes, there is a lot of bullshit out there to sort through. And so today I want to say something about journalism and the phenomenon of fake news. As if enough hasn't been said already. It's not a subject that I often discuss here, but without delving into any particular story, I do want to make the point that increasingly, sub-editors, who are the people responsible for editing a reporter's story for grammar, sense, continuity and spelling, as well as writing the headlines for a published story, are doing an increasingly sloppy job. So it would appear. I say this as a former newspaper sub-editor myself, and this trend does make me wonder if there is any training whatsoever given to sub-editors these days, or whether the whole thing has been given over to some kind of software designed to do the job, or not do the job, as would seem to be the case. Traditionally, the way a news story in print gets constructed is as follows. You've got your headline, sometimes a subheadline, an intro paragraph, and then the story continues from there. Now, the reason for this is that sometimes a reader only wants to get the guts of a story without all the details because of, I don't know, time constraints, laziness, who knows. So they might just read the headline and the subheadline, or sometimes they might want a little more than that, in which case they'll make it as far as the end of the intro. And sometimes... They might even read the entire story, and so that system covers a bunch of potential reader appetite scenarios. But what seems to be happening these days, and I should point out that this is particularly true of online journalism, is that the sub-editor, if there even is one, skims through the story and looks for the most sensational part of it, and then quickly constructs the most attention-seeking headline that he or she possibly can, frequently leading to a situation where the story itself ends up contradicting the headline, which is absolutely ridiculous, I'm sure you'll agree. And in my opinion, unforgivable for anything calling itself a reliable news source. Now, I remember back in the day, the standard joke circulating in the newsroom was always, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. And we'd all have a jolly good laugh at that, because everybody knew that this was a joke. And it was really more like a warning against the temptation to be lazy or to bend the truth or make more out of a story just to keep the reader interested, uh, kind of like the opposite of good news journalism. These days, though, it seems as if that joke is being taken as a rule of thumb. After all, we are now living in what I like to call a look-at-me, look-at-me, look-at-me society where there's so much more noise than ever before, largely thanks to social media, everyone is struggling to get heard or seen or noticed above everybody else, and will often do so by any means necessary. And sadly, many of our so-called professional news journalists and leading news publications and broadcasters are among the main offenders. And it is for this reason that I rarely pay attention to any kind of news nowadays, either in print, online, on TV or anywhere else. Now, I still maintain that a free press is essential to any democracy, but I also believe that unless there's more quality control and accurate reporting and less sloppy sub-editing, sensationalist speculation and opinion dressed up as news, we might as well all lock in Netflix and leave it at that. This is what I know. 
Theory Time. And that was today's unusually serious edition of Theory Time. And I don't know about you, but I'm now fanging for a bit of music. So we're now going to head straight into our next segment, which is, of course, Song of the Day. Today's track is from none other than me. Yes, that's right. It's a track I wrote and recorded in late 1993 while in the studio in Germany working on the album No Man's Land, which you will currently find on the major music streaming services. It's a song which I recall was written pretty quickly, and I feel that it's all the better for that. Anyway, you be the judge. And here it is. It's called Everything Will
Yes, and that's Everything Would Be Okay. And you can hear the rest of the album and everything else that I've ever recorded and released to date on any of the streaming services or indeed my website, which is www.jeffhealy.com. Now, those of you familiar with the show will already know what's coming up next. And for the rest of you, well, you're about to find out as we once again pop the cork on another new edition of Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Kevin, Jeff. We're going to do something unprecedented. Yeah. Unprecedented. Uh-huh. Unprecedented. Uh, uh, does that it's, mean it has, it, it's, it's wrinkly? It, it does that mean it's, it's wrinkly? Ooh, it hasn't been pressed. Yes, that's what it means. Uh, but not unimpressive, yeah. but unprecedented. Now, someone who's not an English speaker uh. may think those words are very similar. I'm confused. And, well, you should be, because we are. Yeah, you should be. You've you come to the, the right confusion. place. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, unprecedented, Kev, because this is part two of a discussion we began in the last episode of Good Times. Ah, uh, yes. What, what well, we were talking about Jeff? deities, uh, you know, religions, right? Ah, and, and then I suggested right. that we start a religion uh, called Trevorism, where the deity was a guy called Trevor. Trevor, yeah, and it was a, it was a it was a religion that based was based around the principles of truck driving, plumbing, um, possibly <laughs> a possibly a, a spare time macrame. How doing these things can yes, change indeed. your life, and, and you know the, the value inherent yeah. in all sorts of very manly occup- occupations, and and you know because the word yes, Trevor, indeed. the name Trevor, and this goes out with great affection to all the Trevors who are listening, and I know there are at least two of you, yeah, indeed. Um, to and to both of you, I say, it must be for you a thrill to realize that this is that the, the wheels are in motion for this. Jeff, can you just spit it out? Hang on, What do you you want from me? What is it? What I want from you, Kevin. What I want (laughs) from you. Okay, what... Okay, I'm going to (laughs) continue. What I want from you is to shut up. Yeah, shut up, donkey. But here's the thing, Kevin. Here's the thing. (laughs) Even better would be a religion called Sharonism, where the deity is is a woman called Sharon. Now, I'll tell you why this... Trevor yeah, but, and but Sharon. Not, not together. No, no, no. No, no. You can only have one day. No, no, no. Yeah, we're the talking mon- mono- monotheism here. Monotheism, which means one God. Jeez, man. What did you, what one did you God, eat this uh, morning? Wheat. I ate wheat. That's what I, I ate. You said, what, what did you eat? A wheat. Okay. I ate wheat. Just go to the field. Grab some wheat. some wheat. Or some hay. Start chewing on it. Say, hey. Anyway, here's the thing. Oh, Sharon. Is. Now, I'll tell you. Sharon is even better because we don't have enough female deities. In fact, there are none in modern the modern major religions they're all blokes they're all guys yeah of course because that's how yeah, that's how it no, went forever no, men no, just want to control everything the ancient yeah, no, no, listen no, to me. no the ancient greeks and romans yeah, Kevin, yeah. go back to bc times mm-hmm. used to have a few female gods yes they did but since monotheism did became they? a thing are you saying going back yeah, to bc times so British Columbia, yeah, right? so on the west coast of Canada, we had to go back to those times. In, um, you know, Seattle, before that was built. Now, anyway, yeah, but yeah, listen, yeah, since yeah. monotheism, which is when you've got one god, became a thing, we've tended to focus more on having one single male deity per religion. And Kev, I think that's unfair and ridiculous. That's wrong. It's ridiculous. Because here's the thing. Look, and I know you agree with me on this. Not only are women still getting screwed over in ways that we're all aware of, but 
They're also being discriminated against in that practically all of the currently observed major religions, the deities are male, which must be awfully convenient Mm -hmm. for, you know, chauvinist dickhead groups like the Taliban and for certain other religious organisations who continue to refuse the idea of ordaining women as priests. Just saying. Over to you, Kevin. Jeez, why do I feel so oppressed by because the subject? Cold. No, maybe not. No, <laughs> no it's not. But it's, but, it, but it's interesting, isn't I, it? You know, it's you're, you're right. You're right. But the ancient and Greeks, the Romans, they had the ancient yeah, Greeks. Ancient Greeks. Didn't they have what was her name? Cleopatra. No, she was. She was. That a, was Egyptian. Was, Kev that wasn't was Egyptian. she? I know, but that's back in the Greek days. But um, wasn't Helena, she? Helena, the god <laughs> goddess she, Helena. There were many. Wasn't no, she the king? Many, listen, stop being stupid. <laughs> there were many Greek and Roman goddesses. You know, Aphrodite, right. Helena. And they're all no, kings. No, they were deities, you fool. They were gods. Goddesses, yeah, but, actually. <laughs> yeah, but they were no, kings. Not, of we're their, not talking about kings. Over we're, like talk, king. we're talking about religions, yeah, not countries. They? But they're the king of no, their religion, right? They, no, they're a deity. You don't say you're the king of a religion. Maybe they're no just kings of wishful that. thinking. Yeah, what about that? That's a good song, too. I used to do that song. I used to do I love that song. I can't do it I, now. I did. Did you do it? I, I used love to do yeah. Yes, I did. Um, except, oh, yeah, I love that. If you tune. play it now, people just look at you and go, "What's that?" It doesn't matter. You yeah, just but turn I them don't on want to do it anyway. Just like, like Al, Al like Al Jolson. You know, same same story. Just like Al Jolson. Like they can look at you like Al Jolson. And no. how would that have happened, Kevin? No. You know, especially if he's wearing blackface, which, by the way, is politically incorrect and fair enough. I don't think he was doing it for that reason. But nonetheless, Al Jolson wouldn't be looking at you because Al Jolson has been dead for many years. And he was never a god of any religion, which if he was, but if he he wasn't, it would have been called Jolsonism. Jolsonism. And you know what, Jeff? I think that's a fine place to end this subject. I would tend to agree. Good times with Big Jeff. Little Kev and Little Kev and myself will be back at the microphone on the next episode of The Wonderland with more serious discussion about the issues that really matter. Now, <clears throat> pardon me, a few episodes back, our Good Times segment touched on the idea that Little Kev and I could increase our global audience by having one or both of us cloned several million times and then ostensibly forcing those clones to listen to every episode. Now, it's a terrific idea, of course, but unfortunately not realistic, partly because this area of scientific development is currently focused on the development of the rectangular chicken and partly because nobody in their right mind would agree to clone Kevin. But nevertheless, it did get me thinking about the number of listeners any podcast actually gets, and it occurred to me that these statistics could well be and probably are wildly, wildly, I'm going to say that one more time just to make sure I say it correctly, wildly inaccurate. To explain why, we now need, obviously, to retreat into the inner sanctum of contemplation, and one which is only available to this show. Yes, folks, it's time for Jeff's Thought of the Day. And welcome to Thought of the Day. Now, if you look at the listener statistics for most popular podcasts on the planet, including, obviously, that one by Phil 
Grogan or whatever his name is, you'll think, my goodness me, that's an awful lot of people listening to his show. And you'd be right, because it is possible to track and quantify the number of times somebody has either downloaded or listened to an episode of any podcast accessed via the internet. What isn't possible to track and quantify accurately is when someone starts playing an episode, but then just walks away and completely forgets to listen to it. Or when someone downloads an episode and then listens to it along with another 25 people in the same room. So you probably understand what I'm getting at with this, that there are circumstances where the number of plays registered can be somewhat misleading. Anyway, suddenly I found myself thinking, what if one or more episodes were to be played over a huge loudspeaker system in a huge sports stadium to 10,000 ticket holders who have gathered especially to hear those episodes. Now, as unlikely as this scenario might sound to you, I can assure you that we here at Wonderland Studios know a good idea when we come up with one. And to that end, we are currently in talks with numerous governments and sponsors with a view to organising a series of international Wonderland listen-ins, as we call them, in order to bring our show completely free of charge to the ears of those millions of planet Earth citizens not fortunate enough to have access to a computer or a smartphone or a tablet, let alone internet access, or a Spotify account, etc, etc, etc. Yes, it will obviously involve a lot of international travel to the far corners of the globe and back again, but I think it's worth it. And it's not just our way of sticking it to Mr. Brogan and the rest of our competitors out there in the cutthroat world of podcasting, but also a means of bringing the world closer together in a warm, fuzzy and emotionally special and significant way, as only the Wonderland can do, as well as an opportunity to score some serious frequent flyer points. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And on that delightfully upbeat and optimistic note, we say farewell to Thought of the Day and our episode for this fortnight. Thanks for joining me here today on The Wonderland, everyone, and thanks to Little Kev for his ongoing contribution to our Good Times segment. And, of course, for continuing to have no hair on his head whatsoever. Anyway, have a great two weeks, and I'll be back again real soon with yet another brand new and mind-numbing episode of The Wonderland. Gotta get back to Jeff's Wonderland. Wonderland.